You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Physics Ed Podcast. Hey, I'm glad to have you again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. And I can tell you what, this is a big chat. This time we're hanging out with Phyllis Friello, who is the Education Manager for Professional Development at the Space Centre Houston and the Johnson Space Centre's Education Resource Centre. It is so awesome to hang out with Phyllis in this particular session because we get to hear about the Space Exploration Educators Conference, which is coming up in early February, and you'll hear all about that very, very soon. And it's something that you can really connect with no matter where you are in the world. Now, Phyllis has had an amazing career when it comes to science, and in education. The majority of her professional career was as a research scientist and manager at the John Hopkins and Harvard Schools of Medicine and Natural Institutes of Health, focusing on ophthalmology and neuroimaging research. Following this, she became a teacher at Baltimore City Schools, where she was teaching physics at the Baltimore School of Arts. And really, I mean, really, she describes you. She actually had a lot of fun with this. Uh, she's done a lot of really cool things. She is a Master of Education and Education Ambassador for NASA and the American Institute for Physics. And in 2015, she was a guest of President Obama's, well, she was, she was a guest of President Obama at the Astronomy Night at the White House. So seriously, Phyllis really loves the space exploration, education, and Education in general really does do so. So, look, I hope you enjoyed this chat with Phyllis. I certainly did. And I really want you to consider going to the Space Exploration Educators Conference, which is just around the corner in early February. So, uh, let's listen on in. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech, and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F I Z I C S. And click 100 free experiments. Phyllis, welcome to the Phys Ed Podcast. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be joining you today. Oh, look, I am real. Honestly, I'm going to be just straight up. I've really been actually looking forward to this chat <laughs> because, like every other uh, child who's finally grown up, I haven't quite grown up yet. And you work for somewhere really cool. So, Phyllis, t- tell us about what, what you do. Yes, I am uh, the education manager for Space Center Houston in Houston, Texas. And among things that I get to do is I get to work with educators from all around the world and bring them the excitement of space exploration so they can in turn bring it to their students. So it really is exciting. Oh, it's so cool. And actually, I really want to have a chat a bit, bit later on about how you honestly landed doing this. I mean, it's not every day that you get to be the education manager of a place like that. Uh, <laughs> I might just ask you straight, how, how on earth, where have you come from? Have you started off as a teacher? And whatnot, where, what is that path that gets you there? Mine was a bit of a circuitous path. So uh, I started as a, I was a research scientist for many years. Um, I was doing a lot of biomedical research, research, toxicology, environmental science, and that sort of thing. And then um, I took a break for that in between a couple uh, studies, protocols, and I taught school. I said, I thought, oh, this would be kind of cool. And they needed STEM teachers. And I really enjoyed it. I loved being with the kids and sharing everything that I did with the kids. And then unfortunately, my system, uh, my school system was laying off quite a few teachers. And I heard about the uh, position available at Space Center, and it combined my passion for STEM and STEM education. And I thought, give it a shot. And so I ended up uh, here in Houston from the East Coast. It's amazing what happens when you give it a shot. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like I should put like a really bad uh, term, like a moonshot, perhaps. But no, I, I like the I like the idea of what you what you're doing. There. It's, it's such a cool thing to come from a research background and then really get to teach the pe- people, like the next generation, because they're gonna, yeah. you know, some of those kids in front of you will be those researchers doing really cool things, whether they're engineers or scientists or whatever. It's awesome. Hey, um, one thing I wanted to dive into really right at the start. Um, you do really have you know, this really interesting conference coming up, and I wanted to make sure that people are listening in. Uh, hear about it <laughs> before they go on their merry way. So tell us about that. I'd love to hear a bit more. Sure. So we have our annual Space Exploration Educators Conference coming up. This is our annual conference, and it is an international conference every February. And we have we host teachers from around the world. And this is for informal educators, formal educators, homeschool, whoever has an interest in STEM and particularly in space science, and they want to share that with their students. So this year, it's going to be a little bit different, of course, like everything else that we're experiencing, but it's going to be February 4th to 6th. Yep. Awesome. So uh, international, so the 4 to 6, does that mean you're getting up late at night to deal with this? (laughs) (laughs) No, this isn't bad at all. This is just late afternoon, so I'm happy to do it. <laughs> uh, that's all right. So, I mean, this is quite a, quite an interesting conference. How long has this been going for? This is the 27th year. Wow. It is phenomenal. The conference has grown, and uh, we've increased our, um, our breadth of the educators. For a while, it was a lot of middle school educators, teachers, but now it covers K-12+. plus. We're even getting a lot of college um, students and professors coming to join us. And we're also really excited to include a lot of pre-service teachers, teachers who are starting their career out in education. And this way they get to come and right away meet uh, an incredible network, get an incredible network of fellow educators who share their passion. I've got to ask, I mean, these sort of things, they've always got so many things happening. I mean, I feel like when I go to a conference like this, that you never quite get to see everything. Um, but then again, this is being done in a different way with all these webcams and whatnot. So, um, I believe we might be able to see some of these, some of that content if you can't quite make it for everything. Yes. And that is a problem when, um, when we host folks here in Houston, there's so many incredible presentations and sometimes they're opposite each other and you have to, oh, you have to decide what you want to go to, which can be, you know, kind of a pickle. But this year, um, we are... Uh, recording everything so our our participants will have access to the content for a year so that way you don't have to worry about missing um, another presentation or as we're finding now a lot of our teachers just can't get the time off the uh, situations with the various school districts um, is making it a little bit more difficult for them to attend live sessions and we understand that and we want them to get the full benefit of this conference so the content, including the sessions, the tours, our incredible keynote speakers, everything is going to be available for a year for them. So they can access it when it's more convenient and particularly in their time zone. All right. You, you've kind of threw, threw out kind of like a breadcrumb there. I'd love to know about the keynote speakers and, and, and the sessions themselves. Like what, I mean, if, you, if you're able to rock up live, if you're able to actually rock up in early February, mm-hmm. I mean, what can you experience? What do you get to do? Who do you get to hear from? What, 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 what's happening? The sessions are incredible, and most of them are given by uh, your fellow educators. So they're really very good, and they're um, they're designed so you can uh, go to the session and then take something home right away to implement in your classroom. 
and the lessons will be available online so they can um, download those and they're just ready to implement lessons. And these could be anything from rocketry to how to integrate art into space, you know, teaching about space science, um, math. We have an incredible one that's also given by um, one of our incredible engineers here, Chris Maddy at Johnson Space Center. He's giving one on the math and the mysteries of black holes and relativity. So we've got, I know, we've got everything on both ends of the scale. Um, we also have a really cool program that I started a couple of years ago because there's so much incredible research going on at NASA and um, all around NASA with their partners. And it was taking a little bit to get to the teachers, but there's no reason why our teachers shouldn't have the latest and greatest. Yeah. So what we did is I'm pairing up our experts with educators. Sometimes the experts aren't um, um, the ones who would be giving the information to the educators. So we pair them up. So we've got somebody who can make sure it's in a format that can be accessible by everyone. So we have our expert educators pairs. So you could walk into a session or listen to a session where you'd have the person designing spacesuits for Orion and an educator to help you implement that in the classroom or the former um, chief of, of the human research program giving a presentation on the twin study and the human health factors um, and an educator again with a lesson ready for you to take it into the classroom. Oh, that's so very good. I feel like uh, it's almost like an iceberg of a conference. Like you kind of, you, you see the top layer and then you keep on going down. Oh, it's really deep. And <laughs> the same thing, is, it's actually almost like going through the, the NASA sites too. I mean, there's so much you can teach kids STEM in every yes. context. I mean, whether it's food, getting up there in the first place, probably surviving radiation, somewhat important. Um, all those things, there's so much to talk about. Um, I've got yeah. to ask, I mean, this is almost like putting you on the spot. I mean, you, you've, you've taught a, a lot of this type of science for, for, for quite a, for a while. If you had some kids, and just, just purely off the cuff, mm -hmm. if you had some kids walking in, just say they're like in middle school years or something like that, and you go, you know what, I've got about 10 minutes with them before they go to the next thing. Um, mm -hmm. And you kind of wanted to explain, you know, I don't know, some particular concept that you love talking about or some quick activity, what would be a go-to that you go, you know what? I know that this particular activity, like it always sings, it always works no matter what, when I get some middle school kids in front of me, just to add interest, just because I'd love um, people listening in to emulate it. <laughs> to try. Well, it. Um, I think my favorite thing that I taught when I was in school was actually um, gravity and black holes and relativity. That's why I was so excited to have Chris join us. Um, and so the, what I like teaching them is um, why, you know, how we have described gravity in the past, either Newton through Newton or Einstein, and then taking a look at black holes, particularly in light of our recent first photo of the event horizon. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and so, one of my favorite lessons is talking about just um, gravity and how we perceive that and how Einstein thought it was, uh, you know, pretty much a warping of space time and how that works. And when I was teaching school, I taught at uh, um, pre-professional art school. So we, uh, it was so much fun because the kids would go off and make models. And because there's so much in physics, as you know, that, um, you can't just simply show a lot of it is so conceptual, but they could use their amazing creativity and imagination to depict um, gravity. And then we would get into black holes um, and trying to talk about, well, 
a lot of what we know about black holes now you get from you get from TV or film or the arts. Oh, yeah. So um, that How reminds that? me that, I mean, Interstellar, there was the Gargantua, I believe, and that there was an actual research papers that came out of yeah. the, that, that artistic you know, depiction of a black hole. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. Gravity is a thing that kids always kind of want to get their head around. I mean, there's that mm-hmm. old grab a book and grab a piece of paper, and if I drop it, which one will hit the ground first? And if I put the paper on top of the book, they drop together, which is odd for some kids. And then you go, what if I screw up the paper and put the book next to it and drop again? They drop at the same speed, which means maybe it's not the mass. Maybe something else is going on. There's so many simple things you can do in the classroom. It's a lot of fun. And kids always want to know about black holes, let's be honest. Yes, and they're just cool. And also, I like teaching it because you can use it across across all classes. So you can take a look at the literature on the black hole. You can take a look at film, and you can use it and space science pretty much um, cross-curricular lessons, which is really cool because there's something for everyone. And a lot of our, um, so many of our, our astronauts and our scientists are first inspired by the arts, by yeah. what they see, comic books for the Apollo. I mean, um, I mean, I just want to just throw it out here. I'd love to know if I'm wrong, by the way. Feel free to just go, nah, dude, you're doing it the wrong way. But I, I noticed that this is about a couple of years ago, I had a wine glass you know how the wine glass has that stem and it sort of goes outwards a little bit mm-hmm. and i put it down on my kitchen counter my kitchen counter has like these little dots all over it just does uh and i was sliding it along i don't know why i was just looking at the base of this glass and i noted the warping of the light that was happening mm-hmm. around the base of the stem mm-hmm. of the glass i went oh wow this reminds me of gravitational lensing and we actually right. put that onto our side because it just honestly looked like it mm-hmm. i mean trying to make that i mean let's be honest warping space time's wild your brain right. at the best of times but at least seeing something so simple like a wine glass i mean one of these days i might have to bring it bring a wine glass into schools to show no. <laughs> they go just bring wine glasses into school why not um but no it's 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 amazing just how sometimes something so simple can explain mm-hmm. something so big right and, yeah, no, right and just how um how you get a different perspective of yeah. things and that's also important, particularly with the young kids, because they really like to ask a lot of the how far, how high, mm. you know, how much does it weigh questions. And then when you tell them, it doesn't mean a thing. So you've got to put it in perspective and give them kind of a different way to look at it and think about it. Uh, because when you're talking about space, and um, you know, the just vastness of space, it's, very, it's hard to comprehend for people who are working in it, yeah. um, let alone when you're, when you're speaking to the students. So that's always kind of a fun thing to try and get across as well and talk about light years and, you know, just travel. Um, how long it's going to take us to get to Mars and, and back? Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Actually, the thing is, I mean, once this whole COVID thing starts to settle down, at some point it'll happen hopefully reasonably soon, but it'll happen. I mean, you'll have visitors again um, coming to the center. Um, I'll be very, I'm curious because I haven't been to the Houston one. I've been to Cape Canaveral, never been to the Houston. I'd love to get an idea of like, if I had my class with me, so mm-hmm. Australian teachers, if you happen to be able to hook up some funding and zip on over at some point, it'd be really cool. What could you experience as a student coming to the site? Because I mean, I've never been there. I'd love to know a bit about. We would love to have you. And actually the center is open now. Oh, is it? So- Yes, we, we are having visitors now. And when we reopened, we were closed for a few months. And then we had a whole reopening plan just to make sure everyone was absolutely safe. So we have a lot of different protocols in place to ensure the safety of our guests and, of course, our crew members. Um, and so when you come in, what you can expect to see are 
um, different facets of the space program, of the human space program, because that's what Johnson Space Center um, is focused on. So we're here, the official visitor center of NASA Johnson Space Center. So we focus um, primarily on their work and that is getting humans in space. The robots are great, but the objective, we're gonna get people on Mars. <laughs> no, so I... look at first the history of the human and the crewed space um, program and then kind of the current. So take a look uh, at what we're doing on station right now and all the research that's being conducted on station. We have a shuttle that they can actually go into and take a look at. And of course, the shuttle was vital in the construction of the station. Um, and then take a look at the, uh, we have a Falcon 9 first stage rocket that they can go outside, a used rocket. Take a look at that. And again, look at the vastness, the uh, Saturn V rocket. And then we have a really cool exhibit, Mission Mars, so they can look at the future and where we're going. So through everything, they can get a real picture of what's going on and what has gone on with the space program. And then, of course, it's the portal to, um, to JSC, to Johnson Space Center, where they can go on site. And uh, Building 9, the, the training facility, watch the astronauts and look at the, uh, look at the station modules on the floor where they're working and the, and the future um, modules, which is really cool. And then uh, a really amazing thing is to go into mission control and see what's going on because it's, it's right here, right across the street. And it's always, there's always people there on console flying the station. So that's pretty amazing to see. And if you can't get to the uh, center now, we have a lot of programs where you can access it virtually, including things for students and, and teachers and all kinds of guests. So you've described like there's nothing really to do at all. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is so cool. I must say it's an actual true bucket list. Uh, at some point, um, I'll, get, I'll get across there. I got, I got closed only a couple of years ago with an ISTE conference. We were, we were down in San Antonio. So we we're in the sort of area ishly, ishly but let's be honest it's a large state and i didn't quite get up there but the, uh, at some point it'll happen i really want to get up there it's so cool especially checking out those modules the, the, yes and come for seek next year so we hope to host everyone in person next year it's seek uh 2022 so come for seek we do get teachers from australia coming over and we've got we've got teachers from all around the world. And that's one of the really cool things about the conference is you get to meet up with teachers who have a uh, different perspective on their, uh, on their teaching and they bring um, news of their space program. We have teachers representing JAXA coming over and um, they're always just, just so much fun to be with. And you just get a, a really good perspective and share ideas and make some friends. Um, and most of our teachers communicate with each other throughout the year, which is really great. Sounds like a really vibrant community. And that's what's kind of cool about this, because you get to hook up with people you've never met before who are doing really cool things in their places where, they, where they're teaching and kind of learn off them. It's kind of it's a great, great like melting pot of ideas. It's so much fun. Um, I would love to go. It'd be, it'd be awesome. Hey, there'll be people listening and going, righto, well, how, right, so all right, I'm in, I want to do something in, Fe I want to go February, early February, I want to hear about it, I want to get involved. Where would they need to go on the websites, et cetera? Where would they need to head off, head off to? So you can take a look at the Space Center Houston website and go to spacecenter.org and look under our education programs and look up the Space Exploration Educators Conference or SEEK, seek.org. And take a look at that. We also do have some scholarships available 
Okay. Uh, registration is very low this year. It's, I think, $99.95 for everything this year. But we also have some scholarships because we understand this has been a difficult year for everyone. And part of what we do at SEEK and throughout the year is we really want to support teachers any way we can. Um, so apply for a scholarship. We would love to have you. Oh, that's so awesome. So as, as usual, uh, listening in, I always put these links in the uh, show notes. So please click ahead and go find it for sure. Hey, before you run away, um, it's always nice to know, like you, you were talking about pre-service teachers before. So I mean, imagine you had a bunch of pre-service teachers in front of you. They're really keen to teach about space exploration, the Artemis mission, something like that. What's the, what, what would be some advice to these, uh, to the teachers, you know, you know, about to start doing this for, for real? Um, I would advise them to start, making start looking for your network now start looking for your community uh, particularly now uh, teachers need the support from each other uh, it's it, they're going through a very difficult time um, some of them are teaching in person some online some both and it is such a fluid situation right now so um, make friends make connections and uh, you could because you could end up in a school where i was where i was the physics department yeah and I had other colleagues in the other sciences, but it was uh, great for me to make connections with people who shared my passion and we could share ideas and you know, talk things out amongst each other. The other thing to do is to join our Facebook page, yep. um, our Seek Facebook page, because if you run into a situation where, oh, I need a, I need a lesson next week to talk about, um, I don't know, literature and um, astronomy, Somebody's going to have one where they'll say, hey, use sea fever, and I'll show you how to make a sextant for your kids. Perfect. It's a really helpful community. Uh, so I would advise for um, new teachers just to start off um, taking in as much as you can and, and making some friends. No, I agree. And actually, you're right about those Facebook groups, especially because I mean, you can kind of go down rabbit holes, like, you yes. know, a, lot, a lot of conversations, a lot of comments, a lot of different ideas. And they are really, really, really handy. Uh, if I want to add to that, too, if you're listening on in, uh, grab yourself a free account for Trello.com. Uh, I mean, there's lots of different project management tools, but I use Trello or you can use Pinterest and start collecting all those ideas into a visual display that you can rearrange and move around. I use Trello because it's free and you can move around. I can kind of think just because it's like there are thousands of ideas and yes. eventually your brain just can't keep it all in. Right. No, <laughs> mine can't anyway. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Hey, look, Phyllis, thank you so much uh, for joining the Phys Ed podcast. Um, this uh, conference is undoubtedly going to come off extremely well. And I love that the, um, that these things will be available for a year for people who sign up. Um, again, if you're listening in, why not apply for a scholarship? It might be good. Why not? You can try that. And if you can't get a scholarship, that's okay. At $99, hopefully uh, someone can um, get you into it. It's well worth your time. And uh, for those people in the Southern Hemisphere down in Australia, it might be worth just hanging out into the evening a bit because you then get to talk with the people who are presenting. Yeah, so you can talk with them. We're going to have a virtual banquet, which will be different for us. Oh, cool. um, and then you'll be able to break out into some rooms and just network and have some fun. Uh, and that's how these things should be. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thank you. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Grab a copy of our new book, Be Amazing, How to Teach Science the Way Primary Kids Love, from our website. Just search Be Amazing Book. It's available in hard copy and ebook. Go to physicseducation.com.au.
That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. Well, there we go. We just got to chat with Phyllis Foriello, who you can really tell loves the STEM education and importantly, space exploration and making it really meaningful and a real connection to kids all over the place. What a really cool job in Houston. It'd be so awesome to visit one day. But here's the thing, in early February, just like she was saying, there is a conference that you can connect with a bunch of educators in Houston and all around the world that you can totally get involved with. So look up SEEK, S-E-E-C, or the Space Exploration Educators Conference. Look it on Google or go to spacecenter.org forward slash S-E-E-C, and you'll be able to hear about all this virtual conference goings-on, the workshops, the seminars, the keynotes, and more that are happening through February 4th to 6th of this year. And as you said, this has been going on for many years, and uh, you definitely it's well worth your time. Even if you think, you know what, I'm not doing teaching a space much this year, there just might be some lessons that you can apply in a few different areas, whether it's plant science, human body, or whatever it is that you're teaching, usually... This, well, the space exploration does have some uh, some science that can be applied in all different ways. It's really worth your time. So, uh, look, I hope you enjoy uh, that chat with uh, with Phyllis Friel, and I hope you might better join the SEEK conference. I certainly will be connecting in. So, uh, anyway, you've been listening to me, uh, Ben Newsom from Physics Education. You've been listening to the Physics Ed Podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed this, and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au